There are more than 300 episodes of Listen to Sleep, all available for free because of the generous support of our sponsors. And while you'll never hear any ads after the story or meditation starts, you can get every episode ad-free, plus over 100 bonus episodes, all for less than the price of one cup of coffee a month by going to listentosleep.com and clicking on support. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep, quiet bedtime stories to help you fall asleep. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who did rain vibes, rain dances, rain meditations, or just wishes for rain. We got some rain last weekend, a good solid inch of rain. It was beautiful. And I wasn't the only one who took a deep breath and took it all in. You could feel the whole forest just kind of going, ah, it just smelled so beautiful. The air was clean and there was no smoke. It was just gorgeous. I took a few pictures and Joe and I actually went out and took a little walk just as the rain was ending. And I shot a little video that I put on my TikTok channel. And also now, if you're not a TikToker, you can find most of my TikTok videos on Instagram in my Reels. Thank you to Kelby, a listener who turned me on to Reels a few weeks ago. Of course, the easiest way to see pictures, videos, find out what's going on here at the cabin is on the blog. And I usually put a link to the latest post in the show notes. And this week is no exception. So if you'd like to see some pictures of what it looked like after the rain and the video that Joe and I made, that is at listentosleep.com. 
I'd love to thank all the folks who left a review this week. One of the most frustrating things about reviews is waking up in the morning and seeing that someone left one and not being able to just send you a quick note and say, hey, thank you so much. So if you left a review, please know that I very much appreciate it. And thank you so much. And anytime you want to let me know that you did leave a review, I'd be happy to thank you personally with a note back. You can always reach me at eric, E-R-I-K, at listentosleep.com. Or hit me up on Instagram. I chat with a lot of listeners there. My Instagram is at listentosleep. Thank you also to everyone who joined the Patreon last week. The Patreon is a way that you can support the podcast for less than a dollar a month. And for that, you'll get the podcast a day early without any ads or introductions. And that's a nice way to listen to the podcast when you listen to episodes more than once. You can get your updates on what I'm doing here at the cabin if you like that. And then you can listen without the introductions after. The Patreon also has Listen to Sleep Plus if you'd like to get an extra episode every week, and that's all available at patreon.com slash listen to sleep, or you can get more information on the website, listen to sleep.com. This week, 10 new people joined the Patreon. Thank you, Scott, Sarah, Cheryl, Larissa, Savannah, Victor, Kylie, Flower, Essie, and Renee. I so appreciate your support, and it makes a huge difference. Well, this week is another first on the podcast. Since I started Listen to Sleep over two years ago now, I have always wanted to read an original work by a listener. And a couple weeks ago, a listener named Carrie in Canada sent me a story that she had written 30 years ago. And when I read it, I was pretty blown away. It has a lot of similarities to my own life, and then it also has just a beautiful, mystical side to it that makes it a perfect bedtime story for the podcast. I know you're going to love it and I'm so excited for you to hear it this week. Carrie left a message on the website with the story of how this story came to be, so I thought I'd share it with you. Here's Carrie. Hi, Eric. My name is Carrie Coombs. I'm a singer-songwriter living in Vancouver, BC, and I have been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now in the wee hours when I'm having trouble sleeping. One of those nights, it suddenly popped into my mind that it would be wonderful to hear a story that I wrote 30 years ago at the tender age of 18, read out on your podcast. The story itself popped into my head fully formed at about two in the morning. I jumped out of my boyfriend's bed and hopped in the car and drove home and wrote it all out in one go until the sun came up. And then it just sort of sat there gathering dust for the next 30 years until that idea popped into my head. I'm so glad that you're interested in reading this out. I can't wait to hear this story told in your voice. I think it was written for you. 
and just sat all this time waiting for you to pick it up and read it out so that me and everybody else who is listening to your podcast can use it to drift off to. Thanks so much. It's been wonderful to connect. That's so great, Carrie. Thank you. Carrie's a great artist, author, renaissance person. You can get more information about her on her website at firedance.ca, and there's a link in the show notes. Let's take a deep breath in and out. Letting go of the day. Just feel yourself sinking down into the mattress, the weight of gravity pulling you down. Just take another deep breath in. And out. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. This is your time. Quiet time. One more deep breath in with me. And out. If you get sleepy while I'm reading to you, that's okay. Just let yourself drift off. Chess. There once was an old man who lived far out in the countryside. He ate the fruit of two trees near his cottage and vegetables from his garden. He kept a nanny goat for his milk, cheese, and butter. He drew his water from a nearby well and spent his days tending his garden or walking in the woods. In the garden grew a delightful array of vegetables. Carrots, lettuce, rhubarb, potatoes, turnips, pumpkins, and melons. All grew in perfect harmony. The man was lean, healthy, and capable. He loved to get creative in the kitchen and looked forward to his evening meal every day. One day, it occurred to the old man that his days, though full of activity, lacked variety. He pondered and pondered how to enrich his daily routine. Finally, he decided what he needed was a hobby. He wanted to do something with his hands, to create something beautiful, something that would give him divine insights and leave a trace of his existence on the earth. A Masterpiece he chewed on the question for days, each night staring into the star-dusted sky, seeking inspiration, each day 
searching the landscape for new ideas, probing the wealth of his garden for insight. He looked for faces in the treetops and listened to the whispering grasses for hours, trying to understand their language. Alas, the trees and grasses refused to yield their secrets. The stars and potatoes stared blankly back at his straining eyes, devoid of sentience. After what felt like a lifetime of searching, the old man had a dream. The dream was remarkably lucid. The old man, who was not in the habit of remembering his dreams, plodded through it, half-conscious and in awe. In it, he was walking slowly down a corridor, filled with hundreds of faces he did not recognize, toward a blinding light. As he progressed toward the compelling glow, the faces around him began to lose their features and take on an ethereal shimmer. From the whiteness, a figure emerged, blocking his path. It was a figure of a faceless, portly man in medieval attire. The old man, though compelled by the light, could not bypass the mysterious figure. His gaze traveled over the bland robes to the featureless head, which seemed to be smiling. Upon the creature's shimmering head was perched a simple wooden crown. The old man was awakened by the heat of a ray of sunlight on his forehead. He leaped from his bed, fueled by inspiration, and rushed through his morning chores. He apologized to his garden for his rough treatment of it, and whispered excitedly to his goat about his new adventure as he milked her. When his dairy work was finished, he took an axe from his woodshed and hurried out into the woods, giggling all the way. He carefully selected two fine young trees, one of oak and one of mahogany thrilling at each swipe of the axe that brought them down. He spent several days transporting the logs to his cottage. When his task was complete, he had two large wood piles, which he eyed with barely stifled glee as the night crept in to engulf his cabin. Finally, when the moon was high in the sky and the only sounds were the soothing motion of the prairie grasses and the moaning of the woods, 
the old man slept. For six months, the man tended to his garden and his goat as he waited for his logs to cure. Each new moon, he would creep out to his shed and meticulously study each piece of wood, marking his notes on the logs and scribbling his plans by candlelight. When he thought he would burst if he was forced to wait another day, he saw that the wood was finally ready for carving. He selected an oak log marked with a K and brought it to his kitchen. Turning the wood this way and that, he studied it from every angle. After what seemed like an age of careful deliberation, he drew a sharp knife and began to cut. The sun was high in the sky, and as the old man worked, it traveled westward toward the hazy mountains on the horizon, pulling behind it a blanket of darkness that swallowed the cottage. The old man worked by the light of a candle until the sun peeped over the grassy plains to the east and crawled back to his doorstep. He did not stop until the light was once again dwindling and the prairie wind began to usher in the night. Only then did the restless knife cease its motion, to be dropped with a clatter on the kitchen table. The old man blew a tremendous breath at the pile of sawdust he had generated, and from the chaos emerged the form of a medieval king, a perfect replica of the figure in his dream, only three inches tall. Only when he had converted the unyielding wood into his vision did the old man take milk from the goat and potatoes from his garden, sate his hunger, and melt into his welcoming bed. The man awoke with aching muscles and blistered hands to grudgingly greet the morning. He performed his daily chores slowly as his protesting body tried to coax him back to bed then prepared a delicious vegetable stew and slept for the rest of the day. He felt much better by sunrise the following morning and returned to the shed to select another log. Again, the sun twice toward the sky before the old man rose from a mound of sawdust and wood chips to admire his handiwork. Two kings, one of mahogany and the other of oak, identical and immaculate. The old man could almost taste his pride. Seven months passed in this fashion before the old man retired his calloused hands and emerged one final time from his cathedral of shredded wood. Before him 
stood two regal and elegant armies of wooden figures, standing on a board with sixty-four perfectly matched squares, glued together and highly polished. The old man soon fell into his old pattern of life. His garden, which had fallen into disrepair in the previous months, needed meticulous care. His aging goat had ceased to give milk. The old man felt obliged to pamper her in her declining years, for she had been his only friend for what seemed like an eternity. He occasionally walked through the woods, but the serenity they once offered him had somehow been smothered. The old man was confused. He thought his chess set would satisfy his quest for a purpose or sate his restlessness. But now he was more restless than ever. He had created a thing of beauty, a masterpiece, but he had not fulfilled his compulsion. He felt unbearably close to the answer he had set out to find, and yet it seemed always to remain just beyond his reach. He did not know what he was looking for, but he sought a divine reply from the stars and clouds all the same. His muttered prayers went unanswered. Months passed, and the garden thrived while the old man's spirit withered. He faced each day with a gloomy demeanor, and welcomed each night with the vague hope of another subconscious revelation. But none came. The frail goat died, and the old man felt unbearably alone. He sought companionship in the whispering grasses and the rustling leaves. He spoke softly to his garden, willing it to reply, but it lay in stubborn silence. Each morning, as the sunlight caressed his cheek, he fumbled to trap a dream as his recollection dwindled in proportion to his restlessness. He began to neglect his garden and rarely left the cottage. He often sat on his bed, staring out at the empty goat pen for hours at a time, wondering why his only friend had to be taken from him, leaving him to wither in his dull and unexciting world, alone. His pride and joy, the chess set he had created, gathered dust in a corner, amplifying his bitter solitude. Who was he to play against? Himself. He allowed the days to drag past in monotony, as he took mediocre care of his insensitive garden, 
and avoided the woods altogether. He rarely listened to the conversations of the landscape or spoke to the sky anymore. Each morning brought with it a day so similar to the last. It was impossible to tell which was which. One night, in his bitter hopelessness, he moved a mahogany pawn as if to emphasize his cruel isolation. In the darkness of night, as the old man slept, an imperceptible shimmer rippled across the star-flecked sky. The old man had another dream. In this dream, he walked the same brilliant corridor as he had in the first. The radiant light ahead exuded a feeling of serenity, such as he had never before experienced. The old man fell to his knees and wept with an emotion that was filled with joy, sadness, and regret all at once. The radiance swelled until it had swallowed him up entirely. The old man awoke with a start. The light of the full moon poured through the window and fell onto the chess set, where the pieces stood tall and proud, beckoning the old man closer. As he rose from his bed and cautiously crept toward the chess set, an oak pawn shimmered. He stopped in his tracks and watched in awe as the piece slowly and tentatively edged two squares forward. The old man's heart swelled. Perhaps he was not alone after all. He blinked and stared, but the board exhibited no further signs of motion. He continued to blink and stare for the better part of an hour. Then he cautiously took a seat. He took another mahogany pawn in his trembling hand and took his turn. To his astonishment, another oaken pawn slid forward in response. The sun rose on the man still peering over the chessboard, shaking his head in amazement as the oaken pieces countered his moves on their own. His opponent had taken two pawns, and he had yet to make a kill. It occurred to the man that his fascination with his celestial foe may be drawing from his concentration. He surmised that his foe must be a force that surpassed him in both intellect and skill, and that emerging victorious from this game would be his final mission. He harvested some basic supplies, drew water from the well, and rested to clear his head.
It was the old man's move. He had been deliberating for hours. First, staring at the board. Then, pacing the small room. Then, staring at the board again. It was important that he even up the score. His faceless mahogany pieces offered no assistance. His hand would hover over one, then shift to another, then back to the first. The moaning wind heralded the coming of night, and he had not yet made a decision. He had played and replayed every possible move in his head, following it as far as his mind would allow, considering every possible counter. He decided it would be best to sleep on this crucial decision and act in the morning. So that is what he did. Days stretched into weeks as the man plotted to defeat his invisible opponent. For every move, he thought through every possibility. And yet, the oaken pieces always seemed to surprise him. They seemed often to be sacrificed needlessly, so much so that eventually the man found himself ahead. This so excited him that he could not eat or sleep for days. A month passed, and the old man's garden had been choked out by grass and weeds. He left the chess set only to fetch water or the occasional fruit. He was growing weak and thin, but he had more life in his eyes than ever before. Sometimes it took the man three days to decide on a single move. But his opponent was always ready with an immediate counter. The old man was certain he was leading, for he had taken many more pieces from his opponent than he had lost. He was still perplexed by the frequent, apparently pointless sacrifices of oaken figurines. Another week passed, and all that remained of the oaken army were a pawn and an elegant king. Still on the board were a mahogany king and queen, as well as two pawns and a bishop. The old man, though by now he was so weak he could barely rise from his chair, gleamed triumphantly as he positioned his men for the final coup. The last rays of sunshine reached into the cottage as the oak pawn found its way all the way to the other side of the board, becoming a queen and threatening the mahogany king huddled on a square along the edge. The prairie grass whispered, Jack, and the man's frail jaw 
dropped in shock. He had been so excited about his imminent victory against the Oaken King, he had paid little attention to the pawn. Now he was paying for this one solitary lapse over a month of impeccable concentration. But it was not over yet. There had to be a way to get out of the trap. The old man need only concentrate. But as he studied the board, his vision began to blur until he was swimming in blackness. In a short while, the darkness passed. He took one more look at the chessboard and decided to sleep on his move. He was certain he could still win. The old man lay awake for an hour thinking about the game. He thought about his conviction that his mission was to win. He wondered what compelled him to feel so competitive toward a foe he couldn't even see. He asked himself what he was fighting, but there were no answers in the whispering wind. He slipped into a peaceful slumber as the evening sky, carrying all the sounds of night, sang him a lullaby. The mournful sighing of the prairie bade him one last farewell. That night, the old man dreamed again. He walked with steady determination toward the benevolent glow. And this time, nothing stood in his way. He was peripherally aware of a thousand faces lining the corridor, becoming featureless as he neared the light, their lines seeming to fog and blend together. They began to shine with growing intensity until they were all fused together in a shimmering cloud. The old man passed through this and found himself floating high above the earth. He sensed, rather than saw, hundreds of thousands of faces all at once and felt millions of emotions simultaneously. He saw for the first time, the ocean beyond the mountains, and found that he could look at things one at a time or all together. He was exhilarated. Tentatively, he focused his energies on his own cottage home. In a flash, he sensed his own room, his body motionless his lips turned slightly up at the corners. He focused on the beautiful chess set in his kitchen, reached out with the help of 10,000 minds, and tipped his mahogany king. Good night.